What Remains Inside Chapter 10 Back in Black was playing from a car stereo. The door was open, and a black guy I didn't know was sitting in the passenger seat. He was leaning his head back, laughing hysterically. Pungent pots circled in the night air. I inhaled deeply and enjoyed the fragrance from my spot on the front porch. I was watching him because now that I was calm from the beer in the pot, I decided I was going to tell him about the hit. My mother knew I couldn't keep the secret inside. I couldn't walk around with the information she'd given me and not try to help the poor boy and girl. Kathy was sitting next to me. She was drinking a beer from a big plastic cup. She was wearing a big Red Sox cap that belonged to one of the guys at the party. He had gone somewhere else, but Kathy had his hat so that he'd come find her. She wore the hat half crooked on her head. I couldn't hear her because I was thinking about the girl and the boy. They were out there somewhere, maybe right now. Their car parked down a road like Ryan and I had parked in the empty baseball diamond. Dark shadows would be moving against their skin with the wind rushing through the tall oak trees around them. Their window may be open and they'd welcome the cool air through the car windows. Ribbon in the sky would be playing on the radio. Maybe there would be two or three empty beer cans on the floor. I almost felt like I was the girl and I was leaning into the boy, about to kiss him. I could imagine the softness as our lips finally met. I could almost feel his tender lips on my neck, his hand over my breast, his hand over my breast. My heart would be beating, pounding as my body softened, grew liquid. At the same time, I could see into the mind of the killer who would be walking quietly through the woods, autumn leaves crunching under his boots, a pistol with a silencer under his coat, his walk would be slow, determined. The red taillights of the couple's car would have caused a glow in the otherwise blackened woods. I was both the killer and the victim. I was my mother and myself. Can I talk to you? I asked. Somehow I was standing right in front of the black kid in the car. You shook me all night long was playing. It was still blaring. I could see now that I was closer to the car that the two other kids inside were also African-American. There was also a white burnout-looking kid. They were drinking beer. The guy in the front seat turned and looked at me. His eyes were slit, almost closed. The white that remained was watery. He smiled at me. Do I know you? He asked. My throat grew dry. My stomach was churning. I, I don't think I do know you, he said. What's up? He said it like an older brother would have. I had wanted to tell him. Maybe he would know what to do. Maybe someone would believe him if he went to the NAACP and told them. Maybe somehow they could warn teenage kids not to go parking. I have to tell you something, I finally said. I had to say it loudly because of the music. Hang on, hang on, he said, and pulled himself up out of the passenger seat. The gravel under his feet scraped as he pulled himself to his feet. He walked past me to the front of the car. Come over here he said, motioning with his hand for me to come. He settled on the hood of the car. He then put one foot on the bumper with his knee bent. I could see that he had on black leather boots. I know this sounds crazy, I said. Crazy is okay, he said. Crazy is definitely okay. I'm not supposed to tell anyone, but there are some kids who are in danger. His smile faded and his face lost expression. He put the beer on the hood and balanced himself with his other hand. Two black kids are going to be shot. It's a racist crime. It's going to happen soon. He started to say something. Then he closed one eye and looked at me. He raised his eyebrow. What are you talking about? 
I'm not supposed to say anything. After a minute, he picked up his beer and shook his head and took a sip. What the fuck, he said, into the dark night air. I'm sorry. What the fuck, he said again. I looked at the ground, and even though I was drunk, I could feel it all pouring out of me. There was an intense release, spilling out of my body, my mouth, my pores. It was a black, stagnant liquid that had been held inside of me. Then I realized it wasn't pouring out of me. It was me. At first, I felt like my bones were collapsing, dissolving and becoming a part of the sludge. My skin became mushy. I looked up again and the car was gone. The party had disappeared. There was a silence. Then, just the sound of nighttime. An owl, crickets hissing. Everything else was gone. But the dark woods, the tall trees with green oak leaves making a geometric pattern in my vision. I was sinking into the wet autumn earth. I watched myself sinking and my body starting to decay. I closed my eyes and tried to stop my mind. My thinking was so slow that it was hard to understand at first. I looked up at the moon, opened my eyes again, and saw the black kid walking back to his car. They must have put in a different tape because I noticed that Ario Speedwagon's Keep on Loving You was now playing. The music grew faint as they closed the car door and started the engine. For a minute, I could faintly hear the lyrics. The car backed out of the gravel driveway. The music was now gone. As I watched the car drive off, I realized that I was the only person in the world who knew the future. I had told the kid about the plot. Now, the killers were on their way to get me. They were probably watching me at that moment.